Hi, this is Holly Crevo, the host of Chillin' Grace, the lifestyle podcast for child-free women chilling in their truth and gracefully inspiring others to do the same. As a certified coach who works with child-free women to step boldly into their choice of being child-free, it's always been super important for me to showcase women doing just that. There's so many inspiring, bold, courageous, awesome women out there leading fulfilling lives as child-free women, and it's important for us to speak our truth to inspire others to do the same. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed today's guest just as much as I did. Welcome to episode three of Chill and Grace. It is December 10th, and we are in the full swing of it over here. I announced earlier this month that we're going to be moving to Norway in 2020, and we are thrilled. We're so excited to travel the world, to live in a new culture, to have these great experiences, but I would not be fully transparent if I didn't say that there was a lot of other stuff wrapped up in that. A um, little bit of fear of the unknown and a lot of knowing that we're probably going to be out of our comfort zone for another year after this was kind of a growth year, and also a lot some sadness, leaving our puppies, leaving our family and our friends and our um, the life that we've built that we love. So it's a lot of mixed emotions, and it was really weighing on me last week. And I share this because I think it shows the power of sharing your story with other people. I reached out to a friend of mine last week who we went to high school together, one of my best friends in high school. We hadn't just talked in a while, nothing bad, just kind of, you know, went our separate ways. But I knew her and her family had done expat adventures in two different countries. And so I reached out to her and it was Friday evening. We just spent probably two hours, Friday evening for me, Saturday morning for her, two hours just kind of chatting about all the things she was telling me about the highs and the lows and what to experience and what, you know, kind of was a struggle for her and just her Raleigh sharing her experience made my heart so happy, (laughs) not in a bad way, but in a normalizing way, in a way that said, okay, maybe what I'm fearful of is okay. And it may happen. And that's okay. Cause I know that it's normal and that it's okay. And that there's going to be amazing adventures, but also some sadness. So just to hear that, um, took me out of this bubble that I was in of the fear and the unknown and almost a little guilt for feeling the, the sadness of going, cause it is such an honor and a blessing. And we're so thrilled. So it was just so powerful that just by her sharing her story, it freed me up to um, kind of to move forward with more sense of excitement. So that is what I want to do with these podcasts. I want to show you out there that there are women out there living great lives, even if they struggled through it to make a decision, or maybe you're drawn here, but you do have kids, but maybe there's something in your life that you don't feel is normal. I hope this frees you up to see we all go through our journeys. And when we can fully tell our story, it will inspire other people to do the same. And so I'm so grateful for that time we had on Friday um, night with her so that it kind of her sharing her story and hopefully me sharing my story can help you find the courage to share yours. So just a little something that's been on my heart. So today's episode is with Rafe and Connie Goodlett of London. I found them online, like I find most people, and they are a couple out of London who are 30 years old, married, and I thought they were fascinating because it was a couple that came together, both not wanting kids. Nobody was on the fence, both entered into the relationship being 100% child-free, and I loved also having a male perspective. Most of my work is with women. Most of the people I talk to are women, and so it was so fascinating to have a man's perspective. And I just commend them both for being so honest about their experience. Um, We talked a little bit about what it's like for him to see the double standard that she faces. We talked about what it's like in 
for them in London versus us in America. And um, it was just a really great conversation that I think will inspire a lot of you out there. And they had really cool English accents, which just made it that much more fun. But I hope you enjoy it just as much as I did. Super excited today to be here with Rafe and Connie, who run the blog, The Good Luck Guide. They are a married child-free couple who both recently turned 30, and they work full-time in London. They started their blog, The Good Luck Guide, to really share on their dink lifestyle and also connect with others like them. I found them on Instagram. Their post, Eight Reasons to Not Get Married, really caught my eyes. And then I loved their boldness and willingness to share their stories from joining the Mile High Club, the story on vasectomy, and I was kind of drawn right in. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's our pleasure. Really excited. Um, we said before that this is our first podcast. So um, yeah, it's going to be fun to have a chat with you today. Oh, well, I'm super excited. I told you guys before we kind of started recording, I'm, I love your accent. So I'm just like trying to pretend like I'm super cool and have a, don't sound like a American Texan. So <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm somewhere between my bed telephone voice and trying to make sure you can understand me. <laughs> well, it's working. It's working. Well, also, so if you guys want to just tell me a little bit about um, how you met and then we can kind of get into that, what kind of brought you into the decision to be child free. Okay. So um, I've, we've actually known each other since we we're about 15. Um, Rafe's friends with my younger brother. Um and we just used to hang out as you do is we're not in actually the same school year so it's eight weeks younger than me which is uh, quite upsetting <laughs> I don't know why I always get a bit like <laughs> caught up on the fact that I'm older but um <laughs> and we're really good friends um we actually started both working in the west end of London um and started meeting up for lunch at, um couple of times a month I'd say just really casual um but um help me out what was I saying um so yeah we kind of fell out of touch a little bit from 15 to about 25 I mean we knew each other on and off um sort of in peripheral but not really meeting up or in the same friendship groups but knew of each other and much closer when we were younger but yeah we just kind of plodding along, lived in the same sort of areas, knew the same sort of people, but uh, we'd only see each other at like big events, certain friendship group crossover birthdays, that sort of thing. And um, when we both started working in London, we kind of got back in touch. We're both in different relationships. We was all purely platonic. Um, And we were always very honest with each other about what was wrong in the relationships we were in. I think that's what we bonded over. Yeah, we had kind of counselling relationships. Yeah, it was to begin with. We sort of had an hour at lunchtime to get get our woes across. Uh, yeah, the other one. We've always had a lot in common uh, in that sort of sense. So it's um, yeah, it was quite natural. And then those relationships kind of came to an end uh, naturally. There wasn't anything really going on between us. Um, and then the more we spoke to each other, we asked that we're talking about a lot of the fundamental questions which we later realized were sort of the foundation of our relationship and and I think that's what's made our uh, relationship and marriage so strong is that we had those conversations as friends 
um, of which the child-free one was was front and center, but some of the financial questions and the, the sort of things that people have in there that people argue about and the people struggle with in the first few years of their relationship, we'd already had those as friends, so there was no animosity about those um, sort like of big questions and what we want and what we were doing. So yeah, it was a uh, love over lunch break, I think you could call it. <laughs> And I love it, and I love. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Kind of when we got started, it was uh, it sort of went from strength to strength really quickly because we'd already had sort of since we were fifth, we already knew a lot of each other's stories, a lot of the people that we got knew. A shared background and that sort of thing, which gives you you're on your fifteenth date from the start. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, you kind of said that you kind of had all these conversations as friends. Did that kind of um, free you from some of the, I guess, not shame, but some of the feelings of being really totally, I guess, not wanting to scare each other off? Did that kind of free you up to have those conversations? Well, exactly. I think a lot of um, when people are child free and you you meet someone and it's when do you have that conversation? You, you don't want to sort of make it the first thing out of your mouth but the longer you leave it and then feelings can build up and that kind of thing so yeah we're certainly um not held back by any um kind of romantic potential in our relationship or feeling like I had to hold back on how I felt because he's just my friend and I was like Joe what kids have never been for me I've, I've never wanted children um I've, I've never been in any relationships previously I would say that it would have been a question because we're only 30 ourselves now so um but going into this when that came up it was just like a, a, it clicked didn't it we were both just like right okay how often does this happen we're at the kind of age where these co- <laughs> so yeah. people are keeping the baby <laughs> um, you know people are having children they're planning kids they're you know um buying houses whatever certainly in our I, peer I group for me also like the, my last relationship was um sort of heading in that that direction and, and when that started we was we were far too young to have the fundamental conversations about kids and the future um, and then you get sort of six or seven years down the line and find yourself in selves in two different places. Um, and I think that's difficult because some people have already had kids by that that point. Uh, we were lucky enough, lucky enough not to have had kids and came to that conclusion. And then to come out of that and really connect with Connie on on this issue um, was sort of a big, big thing for us. And, and like she says, it's, it, it was a click. Um, and I do sympathise with with other people. Particularly, I think it's particularly hard. This aspect is particularly harder for women than it is for men. But to find someone who accepts a child free lifestyle, um, sort of straight away, uh, we realised how lucky we were. Didn't yeah, we? yeah. We we really appreciate how lucky we are, sort of, to have each other in 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 the world the way it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, did you? Did you guys both, when you met each other and started dating, were you both decidedly child-free? Absolutely. Separately. Okay. Yeah, we okay. came to that con- conclusion kind of separately and it was kind of a eureka moment when we when we had the conversations. And it, and it wasn't just kind of one. It was over a sort of six-month year period where we were still talking as friends. And and- just very casually, you know, nothing too, like, 
um, waving banners and stomping our feet about <laughs> it. But, you know, just got lots of casual conversations where it cross over that some particular annoyances or, you know, preferences that come out and you think that all point to that. And then you can, and you're very candid. We're very, we were very close when we were younger. So when we met up at lunches and things, yeah, we've we're we're very honest. There was never any pressure. It just was very comfortable, wasn't it? And it was just a very natural conversation. I do appreciate that having these conversations with other people. It's not easy, yeah. <laughs> always. And but I think that's that's kind of what people have certainly the comments we've had about the blog is about how honest we kind of are and open in our writing and and what in in the story that we tell because that's kind of how we came together is just mm. on honesty and that's that's kind of one of our our fundamentals you know both in having or before you guys met each other was there I think you may have already touched on this you know you said you were a little younger so you weren't at that point of wanting to start a family was it a hesitation when you met somebody new to date about having this conversation with them I was actually just um saying this before we came on air it wasn't because I've always waved the child-free flag you know mm-hmm. I my mum will tell you a story um from when I like sort of started my period and was a few months down the line I was just like right how do we make this stop because <laughs> this is completely unnecessary for me I'm not having children and I'm not enjoying myself so and she's laughing and um and so I was like if I'm not having children does this need to happen every month until it, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a really long time for me to be going through this and she's like, unfortunately, darling, yes. And I'm sure, you know, you'll change your mind at some point. Mm. And uh, here I am at 30. And I think she's really accepted that fact. Um, and um, I think I think the comment she made was, and she does know me, I'm quite um, stubborn when I want to be. She, if you change your mind, don't not have them just to spite me, which basically sounds mm-hmm. I really laughed. And, um, you know... I, I, I've i been really fortunate because I know it's a big challenge with people's families as well. When people come out, it's almost like a coming out in the sense yeah. of, in that kind of sense as well. I think on, on my side, it's more of, I had a couple of scares as a teenager, um, which really put it in perspective for me. I mean, uh, and I think I'd go into this in detail on our, when I'm talking about when I had my vasectomy, but the um like essentially it gets taken out of your control as as a male to a certain extent once once the deed is done essentially (laughs) especially when it happens so young um before you get your head screwed on and kind of know where you want to take your life to have those big decisions kind of taken out of your hands because you're a hormonal teenager is quite quite the wake-up call um and I was lucky enough at the time that that the other people involved kind of took the right decisions and had were brave and had a level head but I know that's not the case for some people and that really woke me up to what I really want and that I uh, uh, children was never going to be for me and um and I think that's that's kind of what it, it was a big wake-up call at a young age and kind of put me in the child-free kind of lane what is it yeah. And Rafe, you're very open about your vasectomy on the blog. I think you said, you know, you had it at 26 and a quote that really stood out to me was, you know, you said as a decidedly child-free man, you really have minimal choices to ensure your continued freedom. Um, what was that like for you after you kind of went through with that uh, procedure? I think 
for me, it was something I've been pushing for, for for a while. Um, I was in quite, um, towards the end of my last relationship, I was really concerned that I was kind of going to get blindsided into, into this. Um, so I, the only way for me to know that I, uh, to put it, put it in my hands essentially without being uh, celibate is, is to really have the vasectomy. Um, and I would, for men, I feel like you don't get taken as seriously when you talk about being child free because our window is much longer. Um, mm-hmm. You have our child free up until 60 and then all of a sudden have children um, because, because it's, yeah, because it's a possibility. So for me, it was kind of taking back a little bit of control and saying, this is what I want for my life. I want to take this decision. Um, it also had some, some good effects for our relationship, although that, that didn't come into our decision-making, but um, the, the contraceptives that, that, Connie was taken at the time and, and she's had bad experiences on pretty much every form. So to her not ha- to have to put chemicals into her body to have implants, etc., and, and for a, an operation that I'd really wanted, um, but couldn't convince the doctor to give me. Before our relationship anyway, that was uh, yeah. felt independent. So, um, the other benefits it had for our relationship just really well what came afterwards yeah and and it's still the best money we've ever spent (laughs) as a a relationship um it's just given us such a peace of mind and and i'd kind of any any man out there that is thinking about having the procedure whether they're in a relationship or not i would say that i've definitely had more had worse trips to the dentist and the (laughs) the the peace of mind you get from it is 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 That's so priceless, freeing, freeing i just can't recommend it enough and and like i say to, uh, at 26 i had three month, uh, three days off my feet went back to full exercise within a month it really is such a minor procedure now it's uh, you don't have to go under general anesthetic it's all local so yeah, and it was over not in... being sponsored by over in 20 minutes it's not um i just really can't can't sort of promote it enough kind of sounds like it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving right oh definitely, definitely. <laughs> and it, kind of people who tell you you're going to change your mind it kind of kind of uh puts shuts them up a little bit you know puts it into perspective for them that i've i'm not saying this because it's a a sort of uh, some something to stand on and and put my like, mm. decision and I've followed through with it um, and I think you get that a lot now where people tend to jump on a cause or jump on mm-hmm. a lifestyle to a certain extent but very few follow through. But this is the only one way to make sure that you are child free. Yeah and I think for again this is purely from a, a male perspective for women the 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 surgery is a lot more comprehensive a lot more invasive and um and and it's uh yeah it can have a, a expensive can have a lot more effect so it's it's i think it's on the in our relationship certainly i and if i hadn't had it at the time and had it when we when we were married and together I, I think it's on on me to to take that precaution um for both of us 
I think a lot of the time the child is the issue around children gets put on to forced onto women and um, because you're the ones that 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 bear them but um but if a man doesn't want to have them then he's got choices that he can make mm-hmm. I love that that's that's very powerful that you you, you see the uh honor and you taking care of it not relying on you know Connie to handle it since she would be the literally bearer of the child (laughs) (laughs) and that was so interesting that I heard because um you know I predominantly mostly work with women on this decision but you talk about how a man's not taken as seriously because like you said you do have the age you're not under the gun as much as women are um so what are the common kind of questions you get Rafe when you talk about being child free I'd say the most common one is is the same that you, that you'll change your mind. Um, it's less of I don't get as many of the critiques in terms of you're selfish or um, mm. because it's seen as ambitious. Um, mm. A lot of the time, it's it it's permissible for me to focus on my career rather than focus on children. Um, which I don't think is a luxury that that women necessarily get. And for me, it's more, you'll change your mind. It's, uh, it's, it's about a legacy as well. I mean, the people that Mm. um, close friends of mine that I've grown up with and, and have children now, I distinctly, one of them moved away and came back recently. And I, uh, in that time we'd got married, he'd had children. It, it kind of a lot of change in our lives from the last time we'd seen each other. And this is sort of someone I'd spent every day with up to the point that they left. And he really struggled with the concept when I had I'd said I had had a vasectomy. It was, it's not on the cards for us. Um, and he, he went into the, oh, I, I didn't know like I could care about something so much until I had a child, et cetera, the, the usual. And, and that was the first time that had ha- ever happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I've spoken to it, to Connie about it. And she sort of, that's a conversation she has to deal with all the time. But that was the first time as a male that someone had, had had that conversation. And, and I kind of summed it up afterwards as, as, men are very concerned about leaving a legacy in sperm and I'd much rather leave one in my own accomplishments essentially mm-hmm. and in how I live and what I do I don't I think for a man having children is one of the easiest things you'll ever do in terms of actually producing them mm-hmm. um, maybe looking after them is not necessary being a father is probably is 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 a different story but actually producing them is is one of the easiest things you'll ever do so um there's no accolade there is there no no (laughs) no and um and 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 those sorts of conversations are are strange to have but they're I think they're a lot easier to shut down as a as a male um and we certainly as a couple face these questions quite a lot we've we've had these with our families more than we've had externally when we're a couple and we say we're child free we're only newly married we're only 30 mm. you know you sort of think it's yeah if you're not too heavily questioned um i suppose and also um 
don't really roll in the kind of not really in the sort of circles with our peers where everyone's banging on about children right now we've got some friends they've got some children but you know it's not every single couple and soon enough it will mm-hmm. be that girlfriends in labor right now so um they, they are literally um in our in our circles just this is the kind of stage we're getting to sort of 30s and this is happening so because we're still so young these are the conversations mm-hmm. that we've only started to really having and I, and I think this the kind of that's the sort of thing that led us to the blog really was that we are um because of our choice gonna be uh, segregated to a certain extent and not not because it's anyone's fault but just because um, when you like I talk to male friends now that have children and trying to have a conversation about something that doesn't somehow deviate into children or interrupted by children, trying to have a phone call when they're at home is just impossible and 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 you just from that point and that's that's now that's after them having newborn so that it you really we have to make a choice now to sort of find a community that for, we yeah, fit into. Yeah, and as a couple as well, because we tend to have friends individually, which is a lot easier than having friends as a couple, especially when you're child free, because um I know from my parents that a lot of their friends they met through their children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um that's something that's been playing on our mind for for a last year or so. And definitely why we started the blog to try and share that, those experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, I commend you guys for doing that and kind of creating, seeing ahead of you, what could be kind of um, pieces that you miss out on a community and kind of creating that for yourself. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's really lovely. It's really cool to see how it grows. We've had a few people reach out and say, you know, hi, we're in Surrey in a child-free couple, maybe we meet up for a coffee, which is really cool. Um, and what what we're in it for, really, you know, just an outlet for us to say, mm-hmm. that, you know, this is how we live and we're just like everybody else, but we just want to be able to live this Dink 30 lifestyle for as long as we can ride it out for. And I, just children aren't in that game plan for us. Absolutely. And Connie, you know, Rafe kind of talked about how he, um, you know, he got a lot of you'll change your mind, not as much as the selfish, because, you know, men are more ambitious if they don't have kids and all that kind of double standard. What's it been like for you to be see how he's treated or the questions he gets versus what you get? Um, It's a frustration. Um, It doesn't surprise me. Uh, at all that that's that's how it goes really um I always my retort to most people is that um if I could be a dad would I have kids I'd probably be more likely to you know being a dad is not the same as being a mum and um in my eyes you know you completely give up your identity and I mean I, I can go off on a complete tangent about that but um as far as um having to defend myself and to match up to Aaron I always um I always say um I'm child free completely independently from Rafe I I Mm -hmm. have nothing to do with his choice I have no influence he was a child free on his own and if he wanted children he would find a different wife and if I wanted children I'd have to find a different husband you know we um are very aware that you know, that we need to constantly have this conversation with each other because 
people change their mind. There's a community, there are communities online for um, that you can find couples that have been together years and then one or other, and they're completely solid and they're in it. So, you know, we, 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 this blog helps us communicate with each other and other people as well. It helps us keep our conversation fresh and that we're always on the same page with each other by connecting with other people. I think it's in those uh, sort of in our post that sort of eight things about the what are reasons why you shouldn't get married. That was kind of that blog post came out of essentially of a, of a conversation that that we had about the things that we need to do every day to keep our marriage alive, essentially. And it's something that we talk about all the time, and we observe in in other people's relationships. We kind of have got into sort of where we we do a lot of observing other people's relationships just just out of interest really and see how how people live how they how they sort of cope because we know that that our marriage is is a full-time job so how people balance that with with children as well um and and we've talked about this quite a lot how when you're in a relation child-free relationship you're you there is no distraction so that can go both ways um and the only way of 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 avoiding any difficulties with that is is to have all the conversations that you can yeah that's that's very powerful because i think like you said there's that no distractions kind of can go both ways you know there's not enough to it's you two in it together yeah um because sometimes those distractions can be good when it's just two people together every day. Right. <laughs> but I see you have two cats, so uh, that probably we helps. Do. And our uh, dog on the horizon. We've got a five-year game plan say... for the dog. <laughs> okay. So do you have, like, are you guys going to foster one and then adopt, or what's your dog plan? Well, we've got to have enough space. We've got to make sure it's a, um, I'd love to, we really, really want to rescue, but the you struggle with a rescue oh, with two oh. cats in the house so you've got to just yeah. try and find the right fit so ideally I think fostering to adopt a little new member of our family at some point Aww. but I um I've, I've actually got a, a, a blog post pending about this and um as I am like in now 30 entering my 30s I'm aware that my biological clock my hormones are all going to start potentially start kicking in but that doesn't mean that I would act on them you know I um I say in the in the post that you know I don't act on my hormones the rest of the month when they're kicking in and telling me to like kill my boss so when I know <laughs> that something's the wrong thing to do for me just because my body might tell me that it wants to do something doesn't mean that that's necessarily correlates with how I want to be and how I would plan things out for my life so um yeah right. a puppy will still certainly um be absolutely enough neediness for us yes well yeah. I have two dogs and I know that they're different than kids but I cannot imagine loving people more than I love my dog so right. I can't wait I'm to just, see what dog you get if they're like can't wait it's gonna be I'm gonna it's an everyday thought honestly <laughs> <laughs> oh and you know, you guys started this blog, so obviously you're pretty open and honest. And you said that's kind of how you guys came together. How open are you kind of with your friends and family? And what's that experience been like? So my family, like I say, I've always known. My brother, mm-hmm. my brothers have 
a bit gutted that their kids won't have cousins by us, but that's the, the least of my considerations, frankly. Um, so my parents aren't too fussed. I've got a stepmom that makes some snippy comments about that. I'll change my mind that because that's what she she did. She changed her mind, and my response to that is, well, then we're not that you didn't feel how I feel. <laughs> if you change yeah. your mind, then that's but you know, I, and people are you allowed to change your mind if that's what if that's what's right for you. That's absolutely what's right for you. But I I do know what's right for me. Um, on Rafe's side of the family, it's a lot more um, of a hot topic, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've I've really only got my mum on on that side and and her partner, so it's that relationship is is hard enough to manage in itself, mm. and then to tell her that not only have I not we're not having kids, but we are, she is the, probably the only person who doesn't know I've had a vasectomy yet <laughs> to give okay. you some, <laughs> to give you some idea. But she, um, she's come round to the idea. She, uh, she just doesn't bring it up as often anymore. Yeah, and she... kind of, I think the last comment we had um, after a heated discussion um, was, um, well, let's just drop it and, you know, we'll see what happens. And mm. so we said, okay. <laughs> yeah, she, she's kind of got on board with it, unless she's had a couple of glasses of wine, I'd say. And then it, it kind of becomes a topic again, but but we're we're on good terms. It's not like we're um, she's she's kind of against us or our relationship or or how we live, and and <laughs> she sees how happy we are, um, and the amazing things that we get to do because we haven't got children. And I think there was a in her day, kind of to, to <laughs> for want of a better expression, that there was much more stigma around child-free couples or and and in particular child-free women again um men um that are are single and child-free were seen as either gay or 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 weird but for for women there's a certain stigma certainly a coldness or a weirdness or considered an unwoman in her day if you didn't have you Mm -hmm. just it's the life script isn't it you just have children and so for her it's just a bit difficult and I would just cut in to say as much as I do love my mother-in-law I do think that she's of the opinion that I would be the one holding you back and that you know it's definitely she can't get her head around the concept that you that Rafe doesn't want his children on his own of his own accord Mm, which mm -hmm. is absolutely the case but yeah, I, and think I, that's, uh, and I, th- I think that's one of the biggest reasons we've held off on telling her about the vasectomy I mean if it was just if it was me still on my own I would have told her but it's there's no for me it's not about not telling her about it it's about her not having any animosity towards Connie me. um mm-hmm. for me making that decision um but it's a minefield it's 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 something you really really have to to figure out and I think as that's one thing that as we get older I think will get easier because we've both got siblings so it's once they start I mean Connie's already got um a niece and nephew on her side but as once my mum's got nieces and uh, grandkids got grandchildren then the pressure because I'm I'm the oldest so it'll become less of a, a kind of pressure on me I guess um but but when she's thinking about it logically, she's seeing how much of a good time, how sort of financially free it gives us and, and all the amazing things we do and, and et cetera. And, and, and she sees the benefits of it. 
And I think as well that she just wants me to have the experience that she had as a mother that she really enjoyed, which I don't mm-hmm. begrudge her wanting me to have that happiness and her really thinking that it's the be all and end all of, of womanhood. But I just, I'm not of that opinion. I will be completely fulfilled by my animals and my work and any creative outputs that we have. And, and I just don't think that the world was that big for her. So it's almost an attack on her lifestyle when, you know, she gets a bit quite defensive that, I mean, she she has worked and she still works one way, she's semi-retired. Um, but it is almost like she feels she has to defend herself and her choices and what she did with her life. Although, you know, I wouldn't have my husband if she hadn't done that. So I'm more than grateful that she did, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I find that tends to be um, maybe a theme to people that... Ha- have special when you tell someone that hasn't got kids they're like oh, whatever I don't care you know what you do whatever you want but when you're speaking to parents and you say you know it's not the life for me and it's never just like oh okay you always get questioned yeah, so they take then, it as an attack well it's, so it's mm-hmm. just by giving your reasons they're they're even if I, I enjoy sleep well they're standing there exhausted I like money they're standing their skin or haven't had a facial in uh, six months you know I can't remember the last time they had 10 minutes you know all of these things when you tell them what your reasons are are directly affecting them at them and you've just got to remember that their reaction is theirs and it's not me <laughs> and, yeah. and I can stand by my choice and know actually your defensiveness might prove my point, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I, I think other people, parents especially, um, and you see this quite a, a lot in in the child-free community. Certainly, what we've seen online is that um, some people do take it too far in in, in an attack sort of um, got an attack vibe going mentality, mentality towards it, and I, I don't think there's really that necessity um it's it's on us we've as we've made this choice it's it's on us to kind of be the better people and just sort of in in certain instances we're quite conservative on what we tell um friends that are uh parents that we're doing what we've got planned and what we're because we it's are aware that it's yeah, not... that, that's that's certainly not on the cards for them at least for 18 years or however long and and it's not really that we're any better off it's just that we don't have that that out that sort of them outgoing responsibilities so so we have a lot of freedom and and that just in in describing our freedoms we can be seen as attacking when all we're really doing or, is or floating or yeah you know, it's not that's that's not our intent so it's just and we the I think the biggest thing for us is that accept our choice because we support yours now you want to have children that's entirely your like privilege but that's just a path we're not choosing and you're yeah not and wrong just... and I'm not wrong and and don't well, like, I mean they are a bit wrong. <laughs> the planet is dying. <laughs> Stop having kids. But yeah, I don't. I, I I just I don't think it needs to be um, sort of as aggressive. And on both sides, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you get the parents that go that way as well. And it's uh, it's you just you just kind of have. And I think to to kind of be happy with yourself and and as uh, with us as a relationship, we kind of have to just think of it as that we we don't happy really people aren't defensive and yeah we don't need to defend our choices because we're happy yeah so well, 
And I think that's a great point on both. You know, anytime somebody is that reactive to what you're doing with your life, there's something going on there. Because if they're happy with their choice, if they're living mm-hmm. their best life, they don't care what you're doing. <laughs> you know, and I even think there's sometimes in the child-free community, you have these people that are so angry still. And I still think that even those types of groups, there's still something going on that you're that bothered yes. by other people's opinions on your life. That's it. That's yeah. It. And, and I think that's, that's, a, that's a good sort of message that it's it just whether you choose children or not, there's a lot of lot of things that that we have in common it's not a um Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't be involved and you can't get on i've seen a lot of stories recently about certainly with christmas coming up with how how people are dreading being the the sort of single child free person at at christmas and we do we are lucky because we're together but and and i can see that being single and child free is kind of even more of a stigma than what we get um but just that dread around the arguments and et cetera. And it's just like that this choice is now kind of defining people. Um, and, and for us, mm-hmm. it was such an easy choice to make that to, to think that it's, it's something that other people are, are battling for or battling against is kind of mind blowing for us. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just what you guys are doing and my goal in this podcast is just really showcase these stories so that people are struggling and they don't have the spouse support or the family support or even see what they can do with their life so that they can see people out there doing it and that they're not alone and that their stories aren't weird or they're not, you know, selfish or whatever the words we get told by society, that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, just, just, and that was something I've, I certainly didn't think was going to happen. But um, when I posted about my vasectomy earlier this week, a guy from South Africa actually reached out, out to me um, saying, a young guy, younger, certainly younger than us, and sort of saying how difficult he'd found it. Um, and South Africa is a lot harder to get a vasectomy and, and the troubles. And, and talking to someone like that in a different country, we're kind of having the same experiences, but but harder or in, on a different way was really sort of eye-opening to us that we could potentially benefit these people by by telling our stories as well originally it was it was for a kind of a selfish reason for us to meet people um but the fact that our stories are kind of benefiting people who yeah. who think who are trying to have a vasectomy or trying to have a child-free relationship and 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 the difficulties because i think a lot of the mainstream although you, you you only see it if you're on the outside is that it's it's geared toward, towards a 2.5 person family um and we've and we and we've we talked about it in some of our travel blogs but it is it's a life story as well that if you're not in that mold then it then you will have challenges that other people don't and it's nice to find people that that are kind of have gone before <laughs> you um in that really sense. his message wasn't it yeah so it and was it, nice to see that there were it like, gave him hope fun, yeah young fun couple out there and then that was and really I'll, kind of nice feeling for us yeah oh yeah i was just totally buzzing when i saw that i was like south africa you're joking someone in south africa read something <laughs> oh, that's really so cool. <laughs> that is so cool so i mean i think you guys kind of touched on this because you talked about the comments you get and you know society's expectations i'm based in austin texas and you guys are in the uk do you feel, um, is it, I mean, this, you may not know how to compare it to, do you still feel like there's an expectation to get married, have 2.5 kids, and that that's kind of the only way to really have a purposeful life in your I society? Think, 
I think that we're in central. I think in you find it more in big cities. So our experience is that that in London and working in in uh, in the city, it's less of an expectation that people. There's a much broader spectrum of of experience. You get people from all over the world, all different backgrounds and cultures, and they're a lot more accepting of of lifestyle choice. But if you were to go outside of the big cities, you still get some of the expectation. And and we talk to people who are maybe uh, living in a little bit of the outskirts, living in other towns within the UK. And they could uh, essentially telling their parents that they couldn't think of anything worse than having to tell their parents that they're not going to have children. Um, And I know that, that, this is kind of a difficult subject because there are people who have to tell them that because of medical reasons, etc. But to tell them that by that it's a choice they've made is is very very controversial and very difficult. But we're lucky, whereas we're sort of London is is very open minded. Like it's and, very different to the rest of the UK, really. Yeah, um, and because we're both from here, work here, live here, we're. Um, it's a bit more fortunate than I think other people are but I do certainly think that when I speak to colleagues that um when I say I don't want kids never have I don't get raised eyebrows and like oh what about your husband is a really mm-hmm. good one that I get which really makes me laugh um they have been <laughs> what about him <laughs> um <laughs> um so yeah I I certainly um feel that there's an expectation that I would um especially I of course being so young and like growing into the role of the of the married lady that's going to run off and have kids oh my god how have I got to <laughs> <laughs> I used to be so young <laughs> that's the role <laughs> I'm in and um and yeah I think it's definitely certainly employers can't outright ask me but I kind of definitely have jumped in at my last interview and said, yeah, not planning on having kids anytime soon. Just, you know, you haven't got to ask me. I'll just put that out there. So definitely a good hire over here, sort of, which is really bad. (laughs) But uh, still, um, I think coming up to the, uh, to like the childbearing age, if you like, oh, what gross term. Um, That is certainly raised eyebrows and, polite coughing and moving on subject change (laughs) well like you said it's interesting because you know hitting 30 just married so now's the time that now that you're legal you know Mm -hmm. people are like so when's the next step so it kind of starts to go I'll be 40 next year and now that I mean obviously I coach child-free women and all that so it's Mm -hmm. but it's definitely that people are like oh well now that's not as an appropriate question to ask (laughs) yeah yeah because I, I, I certainly think that you know when um women don't have children like it's kind of well why not it can't you and what a rude question mm-hmm. you know how, how an intrusive thing to say but and I do think um that certainly in my internal biases um have seen women of your age and like uh, under between 40 and 50 and thought oh you're child free so I wonder why you haven't got kids mm-hmm. myself have thought that previous historically you know because it is so ingrained into you that you just have children and everyone oh so if you've got kids it's such a question you've heard your whole life it's what everybody's doing so um it's an easy go-to question 
yeah, exactly. It's just a case of, it's like the weather, isn't it? Or, you know, mm-hmm. like, did you watch X Factor at the weekend or whatever, whatever's on telly that week, you know, just like a, what have we all got in common? Well, m- most people have got children. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's becoming less and less acceptable. I certainly know um, I've got a sister that's had really struggled with fertility issues and it's less and less acceptable to just kind of go charging into that conversation Mm -hmm. without any thought so I think overall it's getting a bit better certainly I can vouch for London but outside of the UK I uh I couldn't imagine it's a bit tougher oh yeah and I think London sorry outside of London yeah sorry (laughs) Yeah, no, and I think it's interesting. I had a, a lady I played, one of my tennis partners. She's probably, you know, early 60s, late 50s and has kids, grandkids, all that. And we were having coffee and she goes, the other day I was eating with somebody and I, she asked me about my grandkid and I was like, oh, do you have kids? And she's funny. She goes, I stopped. And I thought, that's just a really lazy question. Right. You know, I don't know what their story, and she's great. And, you know, I loved that that was just I that love awareness. That, that, um, she thought twice though. That's so cool. Yeah, because now she's, I just think it's kind of a lazy question as opposed to, you know, what do you like to do for your time? What's your, you know, exactly, just there's so else. Much, much else in the world to talk about. And I think that mm-hmm. it is where everybody's um, on alert. We can we can be kind, we can be um, fine, but we can also be a bit more thoughtful and, like you say, a bit more creative mm-hmm. with what we're asking each other. And there's more to life. <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, you know, you guys talk on your blog, I kind of stalking y'all that your long-term goal is really leave your corporate jobs and focus on more fulfilling work, like writing, traveling, self-improvement. What does that look like for you guys? I think for us, we've got like, we've both worked in the city now for at least uh, 10 years. So we, neither of us went to university. We sort of kind of went into the first jobs we could get straight out of school and have kind of done done well out of that going into the city um i'm in finance and and connie's more into property but we've got kind of another five years six years of of doing what we do but but really after that we're looking to free ourselves up we last year we wrote the first draft of a novel that we've kind of put to one side this year to focus on some other things but that's kind of our plan for next year is to get that final draft done uh, our goal for this year was to start the blog and really start following that way and enjoy our writing without certain deadlines and to be a bit bit more free about it um, but we're sort of I, I don't think the world's built for sort of a, a, a lifetime career anymore or a, a one job taking you through forever oh, we we've got a lot of different interests we're we're in sort of looking at a lot of different options for us we're constantly learning and and training and we kind of set ourselves goals uh, that's a big big thing for us and we'll be doing that into january is that we kind of set ourselves goals for goals for the year. So what do I want to learn this year? What do I what course do I want to go on? What yeah, do, where do what, where do we want to go? And and we have those we we keep ourselves on track with those. I mean, it works for some people and it doesn't for others, but we find that having those those milestones, even just, just little ones really. Or a weekend away or a trip here or something to look forward to to get you through to I think ultimately 
a, a year abroad. We'd love to live abroad for a year. We've we've we didn't have a gap year. We haven't we, we didn't go to university and bum around like some of our friends did. So um, we're really keen to. The world is our oyster, really. Um, but I think they have got to take advantage of. Sorry, our cat's breaking in as well. Um, yeah to focus on writing to um, educate ourselves and just to have the freedoms to kind of pick up and go anywhere that mm-hmm. our cats are welcome and we can the freedom that we'll have now to be 30 and look at the next decade and be like right okay let's build something let's do something let's go somewhere let's and that's really that's the the, the our blog is the 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 springboard hopefully that will get us to out out of the corporate world yeah and and i think the the luxury of of the freedom for child uh, being child free i mean i certainly see it as enabling us to always be focusing on ourselves and and people take that as as us being selfish but it's it's about self-improvement the better person i am the better person i am to everyone in the world so the more skills i've i can (laughs) i can accumulate and a lot of the time we'll do courses or or do a weekend where it's just to learn it's not going to benefit me financially it's just something i'm interested in so that's what i'll do um and we have the luxury to do that and and who knows when we're where we end up we we kind of we we like organized spontaneity i'd guess (laughs) in that (laughs) way Mm -hmm. holiday for in a year's time <laughs> so that we can fully prepare <laughs> oh it's like a life coach you guys are like speaking my language you're like i have big goals and we plan and little goals i'm like oh my gosh i love that okay. yeah spontaneity <laughs> is just fabulous <laughs> Uh, well, it's uh, and- funny. I kind of posted today. Um, we're actually moving to Norway next year. Right, I saw. That's so exciting. I so can't I believe. was like, when we go over to London, I will have to connect with y'all, and we'll have to do Me dinner too. or coffee or something. Love that. Love that so much. We're really, we're in London, so we can wherever you find yourself, we can come to you. <laughs> yes, yes, I would love that. I know it's um, but you know, talking to I know that's something that I think if we had kids or if we were even on the fence about having kids, I don't know that that's something we would be doing. Um, so I think once you kind of make that decision and not waffle on it, which I think a lot of people do because they don't know, they don't want to let people down. I think once you know you make that decision, you can be like, all right, this is what we can do with our life, which I think is so great. It's so exciting. I mean, we we applied for and uh, only one of us, <clears throat> me, got a visa to go <laughs> to um, Canada. And actually, it, our, okay. our plan didn't work out. But I I'd absolutely love a, to do a, a year in Canada and live and work there and just sort of broaden our horizons because we're really fortunate that we have grafted for the last um, decade. And so we're in a position where we can really... Uh, up sticks and go if we want to we have got anything to, to tie us here and we've got the sort of like experience and know-how to go and uh, like conquer Canada if or or, or I, I don't know um Aaron's uh, sorry <laughs> this is a bit Spanish so we quite fancy doing the rounds in um in Spain for a year or so mm-hmm. and, you know just just something that we can um Oh, sorry. 
yeah, just something we're we're looking really to to just be able to up and go. We Spain for me would be quite easy. Uh, I've got some family there and connections, so we might do a year year there. And and the blog will enable us to do that because it's kind of working from home, working online. We we've never had that a luxury before, um, and that's where we're really looking to get to to get into sort of explore opportunities where we can work on the go. That's so exciting. So you guys have some big goals coming up next year and beyond, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. And 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 I think we will always have those. Um certainly it's it's in our it's kind of inbuilt into our relationship. We've been we've set some big goals for ever since we've been together. And um and and that's kind of how we keep it keep it exciting, keeping looking forward. Um, we don't really dwell on things and uh and and moving forward is is always our our go-to whenever we've had a bad week at work or a bad day etc we sort of look at we evaluate we look at what we what have we got coming up Mm -hmm. I I kind of I don't do well if I haven't got a holiday or something booked podcast (laughs) (laughs) something (laughs) yeah something booked um I don't like coming back from holiday without another one booked um so yeah we we like having something to look forward to and and that's kind of how we how we keep on with our with our day jobs because it's not like we we studied for the jobs that we're in we kind of fell into fell into Mm -hmm. them and just made them work for us um which they have done up to this point certainly um like we say some people have got a five-year baby plan we've got a five-year dog plan um and uh, um Maybe, uh, and like I said, we're not really um, qualified for anything. So we, I, I love to do um, courses and things like that, creative writing. Um, and that's where we're going to really throw ourselves, I think, is what we're passionate about because we don't, don't have to have children and we don't have to do these corporate jobs. So yeah. we're not going to. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds the, like you work. Yeah, the, the next few is just going to be about us laying the foundation to be able to live the life that we want like ultimately that's so exciting yeah it sounds like you guys have done so well setting yourself up for this next chapter yeah we are excited awesome while we before we wrap up is there any kind of um you know advice you'd want to give first I mean you guys have always kind of boldly know you wanted to be child free but any Mm -hmm. advice you would give to somebody who maybe you know it's like 80 percent sure but they just can't do it because of expectations or reasons what advice would you give for somebody that's kind of struggling with kind of fully stepping into this decision um I'd say that to be a parent is something that you've got to be so so committed to it's the one thing in the world that you can't undo that you can't take back and um you know stepping into the child-free world is actually as a woman I'll speak as and it's freeing it 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 opens up so much for you and I think that don't be scared to step out of the the life script of the this is what you do you have to get married you have to have children your value lies outside of being able to produce a, a person there are lots of people already and you are enough on your own to um be who you are without being a parent if that's what you want and you know Mm. stand up for yourself you are enough I love that you are enough on your own 
totally you are more worth you are 100% worth more than your um human output it is now we'll make it yeah <laughs> I think on on the male side it's um like I say it's you get more men that are 80 I would say 80% on the fence and kind of leave it to the responsibility of their partner or their future mm-hmm. partners but what my advice is to once you come to your conclusion once you've made your decision just just make it for you and and look at look at your future in that light I think that some of the worst decisions you make while sitting on the fence um so it's about coming down either and I wouldn't say come down on child free on child but you have to come down somewhere um, sitting on the fence is where all the anxiety about it lies. So, and once you've made your decision, and and I think a, an argument that gets left out of the child-free, um, certainly when people are making these decisions, is that the the only decision you're really making is to not have children biologically. Um, you still have options for adoption. You still have. Um, a lot of volunteer programs there's a lot of we've got nieces and nephews that we look after that it doesn't mean not having children in your life it just mm-hmm. means not having that responsibility not carrying it for a woman not having the not having the responsibility of bringing one up because you want to explore other options um and and i think it people make it too black and white in that sense and and really my only advice would just make your decision and and be confident in it and and mm-hmm. the community if you reach out is very strong and and there are people that that will have shared your experiences so so use it um it's certainly been eye-opening for us since we started the blog and and something we've already bene- benefited from that, that is such great advice i thank you thank you guys both so much you've shared so much information and Rafe, I appreciate you as a male coming on to hear your side of the story. And as a couple who have kind of gone through this together was, will be so powerful. So thank you so much for spending time with me. No, we've had a great time. Thanks so much for having us. And um, yeah, I hope we were eloquent and (laughs) and didn't stumble bumble around too much. No, not at all. This is so wonderful. And I look forward to keeping in touch. Definitely. Definitely come and visit us when you, when you move to Norway. I definitely will. All right, you'll take care. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. I got so excited when I heard that Rafe and Connie sat down and talked about their 2020 goals. It's so important for us to be intentional with how we want to spend our time, especially as we go into the next year, what we want 2020 to look like. And if you are needing some support as you kind of figure out what it is you want, I am your gal. You can book a session with me and we can really dig into what it is you want for 2020. What do you want it to look like? What do you want it at the end of the year? What are you going to look back and say, I am so proud of myself that I did that. Or you're going to say, I can't believe I didn't do that again. So if you need support setting up that plan, or maybe you need to support kind of figuring out what that is, book a session with me at hollycrevo.com and we will dig into it. We'll figure out what it is you want and why it's important to you. That's so important to remember why your goals are important to you. And you will leave that session with some type of homework item to start even today working you towards that goal. Again, you can book me at hollycrevo.com or message me. 
through any of the social media platforms. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of time off from the podcast, but we'll be coming back beginning of January from Norway. So I'm super excited and I hope to hear from you if you'd like support with your goals. And if not, I hope you have a fabulous rest of your year and a wonderful start to 2020.